First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Uh, welcome to the February 10th edition of the PFF Forecast. It is Thursday afternoon, about 3 p.m. here. It's getting rowdy yeah. at Radio Row. They've, uh, this is happy hour, basically, at this point. Um, there are some players here. It's a good time. We are going to do our final podcast before uh, Super Bowl Sunday comes around. We have a really cool guest, uh, Johnny Avello, who's a sports gambling Hall of Famer and is the guy behind DraftKings trading um, and, and their line setting uh, at the DraftKings Sportsbook. So it was a really cool conversation. We're also going to talk about all of the bets that Eric and I, mostly Eric, have made already on this game. Uh, a lot of prop bets and where we would place um, our bets right now if we had to. Here we go, let's rock. Okay, what are we? What's the count right now? Oh, uh, some of these are like middles, but forty-eight. Forty-eight. It was forty-three like thirty minutes ago. <laughs> that is the total number of Pretty, bets. What? What's the t- line? Tyler over here just laughing. What's the line on uh, where it closes at? Well, let's say Thursday, fifty-nine and a half, probably. Don't you think? I'll take the over. They keep they keep act, adding more. Like there's one that I I just got today that I feel really good about. And and it was it was one where I like sort of picked it off. There's around the market like Mixon is basically, you know, minus one ten. It's a little bit like it, it's juicier, maybe like minus one hundred five to even money to have more rushing yards than Cam Akers. But I was able to find him plus six and a half yards against Cam Akers at like minus one twenty. So I was like, I took that. I think Mixon's gonna have more. Mm-hmm. But like even just like the price discrepancies, things like where you see one somewhere that you think is maybe a better book, and then you have an offshore book that offers a better number. Like, that's kind of what, what I've been trying to do this okay. entire week. Um, and, and there's some opportunity there. Um, let's let's do a top five right now prop bets. If you had to, like, of the 49, 40, 51, as it probably has grown mm-hmm. already in this podcast, um, We've talked about the the Cam Akers um, unders. That line has moved around a little bit, right? Yeah, I think it's gone back down after um, an initial like like because it reopened with the uh, Superbook at sixty eight and a half, which is you know above where I had gotten it, and you saw it move up in a lot of different places. But I believe you've seen it move down uh, as of recently. Um, if you look now, um, it's sixty four and a half on DraftKings yep. now. It opened there at 62 and a half. Most of what I have is at 65 and a half. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, that was an interesting one. You're getting Michelle uh, 16 and a half there. That's like sort of the, the complimentary piece. Michelle, the over uh, is minus 125 there, which, you know, I think speaks to a little bit of what the narratives are, are going to be in that game with the complimentary back. 
Yeah, there's um, there are a couple that um that I like. Not going in any particular order here, but I'll start with um Tyler Higby. I don't. Are you able to find this in some place? Because there's you know question around whether he's going to play. But if you can find it, minus or sorry, under five and a half receptions. Yeah. This has been so. If he's going to play, then you'll probably be able to get this, and I would just keep a note of it. I, we've seen Kendall Blanton play incredibly well. Uh, yeah, it's kind of been a revelation. And Higby, if he's going to try and grit it out, you know, I, I he, think you're going to see it more like three and a half. By you the think time. so? Yeah. By the time if he plays, I think he and um, the tight end for the Bengals, CJ Uzama. Yeah. I think you're going to see them. CJ more can three, barely walk in the three and a half range. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Both tight ends in this game are, are important players and both uh, are extremely hampered. I, I yeah, it, here's another one that I like. Um, and I put on the top of my list. I was, it was actually, I was talking to Kevin Clark about this, uh, in the, in the, uh, media break room. I like Joe Burrow over 24 and a half completions. I know that that's a number that's been bigger maybe than the narratives are suggesting, but. I think that there's a real belief that a lot of Joe Mixon runs in this game are going to be replaced by Joe Mixon passes. Mm -hmm. And the linebacker level for the Rams, it, I mean, passing allows you in some ways to bypass the, the line of scrimmage where the Rams are amazing yeah. to the linebacker level where the, where the Bengals have an advantage. And I think that that's maybe what they're thinking about doing, uh, eschewing the early down runs that both teams are bad at. Um, both teams have kind of the same exact, you know, offensive scheme, basically. Not really, but, you know, similar kind of tendencies and stuff. Yeah. And so not, you know, Burrow over completions, Burrow over attempts uh, is a good look in the sense of there's a number of different outs. Like, that's what you want to do when you're betting these props in that, like, in, instead of betting Bengals plus four and a half or instead of betting over, you want to have props that don't necessarily need either one of those outcomes to happen yeah. to be true. The Bengals, if they have a winning approach, Burrow is probably going to be very efficient completing the ball. If the Bengals have a hard time doing anything and and, and get behind, he's yeah. going to have to complete balls. You know, so they're, they're really the only out is sort of like a game where the Rams really control the ball and turn the ball over and, and Cincinnati wins as a result of mistakes by the Rams. And, and I don't think that that's a, that big of a, an area of the space. Yeah. Um, uh, one that's kind of correlated with that is one of the bigger mismatches in this game it's not the donald uh interior line mismatch that we've talked about ad nauseum but this is the other cornerback for the rams and t higgins uh has the ninth highest pff grade darius williams ranks 79th out of 120 mm -hmm. cornerbacks in pff grade you you know jalen ramsey the highest graded corner you've got to figure they're going to try and put him on jamar chase as much as humanly yeah. possible and so t higgins um whether it's over five and a half receptions i think is probably my favorite one um he's had seven and then six in his last two games uh and it's been you know a, a real like you can tell joe burrow has confidence in yes. him um and that's one of that's definitely one of my favorites um that, that plays into one of my favorites as well which is an alt and, and you have to be careful about this like you you either have to go somewhere like offshore or you have to use sort of a parlay builder or something within like FanDuel or DraftKings. But I got this offshore. I actually have Boyd, Tyler Boyd over 80 and a half yards at plus 265. So okay. essentially you're moving because I, I think that Boyd, this is how Boyd's season's gone, right? You look at his season averages, 
it's it's more around like 50 yards. Mm -hmm. His prop number is at like 40 and a half, and that's because he sort of has the games where he doesn't do anything. So he has yeah. a game uh, with 73 yards, 118, 69, 85, 96, and 85. Mm -hmm. The last four games, he has 36, 26, 17, 19. To me, it's Boyd, the 40 is kind of this like irrelevant number. Yep. Either Boyd's going to have a big game, in which case, if you bet him over 40 and a half, you're kind of like, oh, who gives it? He goes yeah. seven for 110. Yeah, yeah. You're like, fuck that, you know, or he's going to go two for 30 and you're or you're going to be like, oh, crap, he just missed it. Mm -hmm. Whereas like if I'm betting, a, a you know, uh, plus 265, I'm kind of like, well, if he goes two for 30, that's fine. I was, it was a long shot anyway. Yeah. And, and chances are, if he's the guy in this game, he's going to be the guy to the tune of, 85 yards, not 45 yards. And yep. that, that's kind of how I view uh, the secondary player for, or a tertiary player actually for the Bengals. I really like that in large part. That, so the nickel for uh, the Rams, David Long Jr., 61 PFF grade in coverage this year, middle of the pack um, from a cornerback perspective. Tyler Boyd, kind of the forgotten guy, right? Mm -hmm. But he's been a consistent piece of that Bengals receiving core, you know, Higgins and... Um, and Chase are the new guys, so maybe there's a little bit of like, okay, let's get some quick throws out. That definitely favors the slot where average time to throw is, is not as long as waiting for Jamar Chase to get down the football field. You think about trying to mitigate Aaron Donald, that's definitely one way that you would hope that Zach Taylor mm -hmm. would approach it. I think that with two weeks, like even though we haven't seen Zach Taylor be Picasso with these game plans, you gotta think they get some, some passes out quickly. Um, so I really like that one. Um, from a rushing prop perspective, I'm curious if um, you were at all interested in something like Sony Michelle, uh, because when I watch Cam Akers and Sony Michelle, Sony Michelle, even though he didn't recover from a torn Achilles, is the better looking running back on the football field. So if you can get him, what I see here is over 26 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards uh, at minus 110. I love that. Yeah. And it's not even – I think this is where you get an edge. I don't even think he's the better-looking back. I actually think Cam Akers looks explosive. It just doesn't work, right? Like he, for whatever reason, is – like. You, I defer to you on explosivity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he – I mean, it's true about every running back that's literally ever come back from an Achilles, right? Like mm -hmm. Akers has come back quicker but not effective. Uh, and Michelle is – you know, Sonny Michelle, this is the second Super Bowl game. He was a – he scored the the sort of go ahead touchdown in uh, his previous Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when you look at him this year, he's just been flat out more effective uh, than Cam Akers. You're, you know, this season he averaged you know a little bit over four yards a carry. He had the 845 yards. I know, you know, they traded a, a four, we talked about them going all in. They traded a fourth round pick for him. Mm -hmm. um, maybe he ends up being the back in this game, and you really like that. Um, the market has has played just a tip with that idea sort of all week. I don't know. I mean, you could be really disappointed here. It could be one of those things, again, where if you think about a rushing prop for him, maybe put it at 45. I, let, let me look at a book and see what that ends up looking like. You can get a much – because, again, this to me, this is either or. Like, right. I don't think Michelle – is like, how, how many carries do you think Michelle needs to get to get to his 16 and a half? Um, 26 and a half uh, yeah. combined. Um, you know, I, maybe five. Right, so so the question becomes because he had the one carry against Tampa, right. and the only reason he had carries uh, against 
San Francisco was the was because Cam Akers had a little bit of a shoulder injury during the game. So again, this is one of those where do you really want to necessarily bet him over the median or mean, mm-hmm. or do you want to sort of take it more of a Boolean approach and say he's either going to get nothing, and I don't really care what the number is if it's positive, right? Or do I want him to? Do I want to bet him maybe like over forty? Maybe he gets the or a 50-50 roll, or he gets the actual like bell cow carries, in which case he goes over really early, and you're like, man, I wish I would have taken a plus price of 45 yards or something like that. I like that you got Boolean into the uh, the podcast. That's really impressive. I can't find I can't find. Um, oh, I, oh, here I go with Michelle. So let's say you you bet bet him over 50 yards at this book is plus 152, over 80. Is plus three four four thirty right? So, and we do know that the you know Bengals they give up zero point oh seven uh, yards per early down rush or a, a EPA per early down rush. They're not the greatest running defense in the world. They're still okay, um, you know. But but that that would be my thought process. There would be you know if you think Michelle's going to have a role, then buy into the alts yeah. because because if, if he has a role, you know twenty yards is nothing. T. Higgins, by the way, to score a touchdown in this game at any time TD is plus 165. I don't like that as much as the five and a half receptions, but um, I like it as well. Um, give me another prop. Uh, here, so, yeah, th- this is two more. Okay, two more. Um, okay, here's one I like. I like Los Angeles over three and a half punts. Uh, that's uh, plus 125. Okay. The Bengals are a favorite to go over three and a half punts. The Rams are... Not, but you know the Rams don't go for fourth downs. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, they they're generally speaking not very woke. Um, and the 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 Bengals are uh, a defense that kind of has played pretty well of late. And mm-hmm. you know Stafford, uh, you know th- this is kind of in correlation. I'll give these as correlated plays. But the Rams over three and a half punts. Stafford no interceptions. Stafford no interceptions. You can get a pretty good price. Most places it's plus one ten. I got it at Fanduel at plus one twenty eight. So plus one twenty eight is the, obviously the best number you can get there, I think. Uh, so those are correlated, right? Because if Stafford throws picks, they're not going to, you know, yep. they're not going to punt. They only punted once against the Niners because of inter- because of turnovers and missed field goals and stuff like that. But prior to that game, they had been punting more. Uh, if they get out ahead too, this is another situation where, if you remember, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay uh, Kansas City game last year, where the Kansas City Chiefs got killed by the Bucks, the the when the game is like no longer in, you know, yep. in uh, if you're betting like Los Angeles minus four or something, or you're trying to hedge against Cincinnati, um, if this game gets out of hand really quickly, um, then you know, you know, LA could be like three plays and punt, much like they were in the Tampa Bay game. Um, in the in the game with um, Tampa Bay versus Kansas City last year, Tampa Bay punted four times. Right? Again, it's this idea of like they get out ahead, and then the fourth quarter is just three plays and punts, yeah. and that could get you over the total there. Uh, this is one that I like quite a bit. Our player props tool likes quite a bit. Um, this is over Cooper Cup rushing yards at a half plus 250. What's the thought process here? Well, the thought process is they're going to try and stop the Bengals are Cooper Cup from catching the football. So what are you going to do? Put the ball in his hands on a reverse. Give him the ball. Maybe we see him a little Debo Samuel wide back. Um, set up i think that if you're mcveigh and you're saying okay team has had two weeks to scheme against my offense who are they going to try and take away it's cooper cup and you've just played the niners you know twice in the past five weeks and seen what 
can be done with putting your great wide receiver all over the field and giving him um, some carries. So I like that one quite a bit. Um, I'll also say from a rushing yards perspective, Joe Burrow's rushing yards prop is 10 and a half. Now, based on my religion, I am going to take the over on Joe Burrow's rushing yards prop. Uh, Matt Stafford is four and a half. I'm also going to take the over there. Matt Stafford's one chance to win a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, yeah. Those are those are those are good. I think obviously those are ones where you can get it in one in one play. For the most part, Burrow had been going under that number for a while, and then yep. against Kansas City, he went or sorry, under that number for a while, went over against Kansas City. Yep, twenty five yards. Um, I do have Kansas some City. on Stafford and Burrow as well. Um, those ones, I mean, even the Stafford one, I got, I got five and a half. You're, you're getting four and a half. You're getting a better number than I did. Um, here are some other ones I like. I like anytime touchdown scorers. I like Jefferson. Um, what's that price at? Uh, let me, so I, I just have it where I got it 13 to one. Um, I also have Boyd like that a lot. Uh, I also have Boyd at 11 to one. Um, again, like, again, this, these are things with guys like Jefferson and Boyd, mm. I'd much rather we had this on Demarcus Robinson was when it was Chiefs Niners, like either Demarcus Robinson was going to do nothing or he was going to yeah. go you know have a have play start a game and play games like you know in a lot of these if you're going to go over or or you like the player just bet them long tail stuff touchdown you know bigger yards uh, you know more of a payout if not like bet them like honestly for some of these players find an alt line for no catches or something yeah. like that. Um, if you think Boyd's gonna get, you think you don't think this is a Tyler Boyd game, like put your money, like make you know make it one for seven is the only way you win. Uh, but then you'll get paid out substantially if it doesn't. Here's my last one, or my my. These two are also correlated, and so I'm gonna put them together. I think that I I have this at minus one twenty. I also have a minus one fifteen. I have it minus one eleven, um, and I have the other one at minus one eleven. The Rams to take the first time out of the game. Is my is my heroine, um, and the Rams to be the first team to challenge, and this is the last one at minus one hundred two. The first challenge of the game is unsuccessful. I am buying wow. in on Sean McVay being wow. somewhat like and again. I, look, we've been Rams haters the whole year, all this kind of stuff, and I I will fully acknowledge the Rams have have made it right. They've made it. Um, I think McVay is a terrific coach at a lot of things. I'm betting on him being a donkey in the specific way that he's been a donkey almost his whole career. Uh, and that's with taking early timeouts. That's with challenging things that have no chance. And that's with, uh, uh, you know, stuff like that. So at least you're true to yourself. <laughs> I'm true you to know? myself. Like that's the one thing that I really like about you. You're, you're a principled man. And uh, for that, I'm grateful. I will say this. If you are thinking about betting um, the whole game, um, do you like, what's your favorite kind of game bet? Cause I think you've sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so I've been, so, you know, we're, we're going to give away a little bit of the product today. If you're okay with that cool BFF bet. green line, BFF elite subscription, go get it. 25% off super 25. Our number for the total is a little bit over. And I sort of knew that was going to happen. I bet under 50, 49 and a half, 40, Johnny, who's going to join us a little bit later, had talked about that steam. But after, t and I bet over 40 and a half a few times because that's what our model likes. So I have kind of like that one point middle, but that one point is on 49, 49. which is a, a key you know, yeah, relatively key number. It's still not plus EV because it's not enough, you know. Yeah. But for a game like this, it's fun to even shoot for a middle because it's a long shot. Um, and I, I 
constantly bet over because of what you know he said, which is you know these Super Bowls when the when the whales come in and start to bet. You know we haven't even seen that come in like the mm-hmm. the the you know the rich folks going into Vegas and betting the 10k and stuff like that. The, this is the one game where the public does have a say on where the numbers go. Um, so I've bet over 48 and a half, a decent amount, but my favorite bet on cider total is Cincinnati plus three first half. That would, that's the one that I think again. Um, and, and Johnny said it should be two and a half. I totally agree. I, I think this game might play close early and all we're doing is looking at the fact that the Bengals played kind of a crappy first yeah. half. Like it, it, it's narrative. That's driven. exactly what it is. And I'm, I'm with you 100%. This is, so we talked about the, the national anthem on Tuesday with Drew. It appears that that information has leaked, so you can no longer bet the national anthem. We'll see. I, I I'm sick, honestly, with the way that this is. Uh, our friend Rob Pozzola messaged me. He goes, it "Wasn't a bad run." Yeah. Because apparently, I mean, this has been this has been something that that sharps and 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 you know recreational plus players have been getting for years at the same numbers we were getting. Uh, you know, and and it sounds like Warren Sharp gave it away to his subscribers, and that has caused a lot of you know high level bets, and that has caused it to go down in a lot of markets, and um, it's a shame. It's a damn shame. So we are renaming the National Anthem Syndicate to the Joey Burrow First Half Plus Three Syndicate. Are you going to call it the Skyline Syndicate or the no? We're not calling Jeff it the Ruby Skyline. Syndicate. It's the Cartier Glasses Syndicate. That's the Jeff what it Ruby is. Syndicate. Yeah, there it is. The Ruby Syndicate. We're going to go feast after we um, after we win that. Um, we have a great uh, interview with Johnny Avello uh, coming up for you right now. So that will be how we close out the podcast. Uh, here he is. Welcome to the last pre-Super Bowl PFF forecast. We have a couple of very special guests on the show today. The one that we're about to talk to really needs no introduction, but we'll introduce him anyways. Uh, Johnny Avello. And you have, you remember the Sports uh, Gambling Hall of Fame? You've done a few like kind of cool things in your life. What is the way that you like to tell people like, hey, this is what I do now. This is my kind of day to day. This is what I'm doing. How would you introduce yourself? Uh, my boss calls me a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, initially I was brought on to uh, build a trading team in Vegas um, and, you know, help get that process going because we were relying on another trading uh, platform, uh, over, off, you know, overseas. And uh, so I did that, but I kind of got my hands on a lot of things, uh, you know, player development. Uh, I work with the retail team on we're going to open up bricks and mortar locations. Uh, I'm the commissioner of the uh, sports betting national championship. Okay. Uh, so, I, you know, and, um, and of course, I work with the, the traders and odds team on, on various projects. So uh, I love it. I love doing all those things. You know, it just keeps the everyday fresh. And gambling seems like the sort of thing where, you know, you're in it for life if you get in it at, at a certain time. And you've certainly been, I mean, you, you know, moved to Vegas right before 1980 or so. And now you've been in the in the industry for so long. I, George and I are always so curious about how a lot of these things are made, right? Like, you know, we build algorithms as a part of PFF. You know, our data supplies a lot of the, the you know, the, either the vendors or even the sports books themselves. But I think the average better would be pretty interested in sort of knowing, um, like, how a line is made, right? And then uh, even, like, within a game, like, live stuff, how does that end up happening? And it's extremely nuanced and, and complicated. I'd be interested to see, like, sort of your summary uh, of that process. 
Yeah, I'll try to answer that question in about 25 parts. So <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. How do people envision it being made? I think people's in their in their mind, they're like, some guy gets in a room with really important people and he sticks a post-it note to the front of the room. It's like minus four. And then people talk him off of that or onto that or, you know, and that's how they align at the line. That's my guess as to how people think it's me. I've actually done it that way before on sports that I was not too familiar really? with. So yeah, yeah I've, I've done the old dart, the old dart trick. Yeah. Um, to go back to the, the initial part you said uh, about the gambling getting in your blood, yeah. it's so true. I mean, when I when I moved to Vegas in 79, I could deal all the, the games. You know, I could deal dice, roulette, uh, craps. And so I, I actually did that for my first five years until I moved over to, to race and sports. Now, once I moved over to racing sports and got into, you know, odds making, um, it was all done by hand. I got an Excel spreadsheet. I'm making power ratings on each and every team. And then I'm using those power ratings to make my line. And it was good. But in today's world, it's got to be a little bit better than that because the player has so much information. Uh, so our lines have to be more precise. So, yes, we still do some of that kind of work to get something initially like if you said johnny what's the odds on these two teams i throw something out and be close but we use we use uh you know data for algorithms to come up and spit out every a lot of things we do because it's so much more than just a line on a game it's about alternative lines yeah. it's about uh, all those prop bets you know now who would have time to actually do all those things you know, on a on an Excel sheet, it's just impossible. well. That's exactly it. And then when you when you guys build new lines, those are like for us. We think about we're building products, but like in a, a sports book, that's a product, right? So if you wanted to offer like a same game parlay, which you guys do, yep. or like a, an alternative line. So let's say you wanted to bet the Bengals minus two and a half instead of plus four and a half, you got to be able to price that out properly and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, that's that's there's too many degrees of freedom for any one. Uh, person to do by hand but then there are also these markets where you do still do it by hand i was talking to a another uh, somebody you know a, a head of trading at another sports book this week and like literally for the mvp it was one of those where it's like okay here's a probably you know here's here's stafford and how he can win the mvp and then here's the daylight between him winning the mvp and the rams still winning and all that and so it, it, it's interesting sort of like the art and the science that goes into creating, you know, bookmaking, really. Yeah, you know, there's correlations is what it is. So same game parlay, you would never be able to bet, uh, you know, lay 10 points and go over 32, yep. 33. I mean, that's a correlation because if they covered a 10, they're probably going to go over. Yep. So what we've done with same game parlays, you know, we've made it so we've built in the odds to let you bet that, but you won't get you know, the same yeah. value would have You can't get you. three things that are so correlated that it's like, this yeah. is a gimme if one hits, right? And it, that's the interesting thing too, is like, how do you, because I, I, the average better, I mean, so we talk to a lot of like average betters, right? Because they buy, you know, our product and we want to learn, like, how do they think about betting? And one of the interesting things is how confused they often are with just about everything. <laughs> you know, the, the average better can't tell me what minus 180 means. You know, can't tell, really has no concept of whether, you know, what that price means about the break-even odds or anything like that. So with something like the same game parlay, I'm curious, like how much of this do you feel like, oh, we've got to kind of like educate the better? Because so many guys are, you know, so many people are new to betting. 
and also just create a product that's like exciting because a lot of people aren't actually going and saying, oh yeah, let me spend 10 minutes learning this. We don't even put up the odds on it. What we do is you build your parlay mm -hmm. and at the end it'll tell you what your odds yeah. are. You're not so even showing them as a You don't even have to worry about any of that. And you know, to your point, you are entirely correct. I think what we've gotten away from is, you know, I, I come I come from the background where 14 to one is 14 slash one. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, plus 450 is 9-2. Yeah, yeah. uh, and now we, we're telling, I hear people all the time uh, on TV saying, yeah, you, you get, you know, plus 4,500. Well, you're only, you're getting 45 to one. You're yeah. not getting 4,500 to one. So we've confused the public. And I think what we need to do is kind of dumb this down a little bit and educate them more on what are, and I think we would get more participation. To get and that. isn't that like the hard part about being, you know, being a bookmaker is, the, there's tons of average batters that you have to worry about engaging them in the product. But then there's the sharp batters that, that you have to worry about creating sharp lines as well. So there's sort of like two things that, that I, I, I would imagine you, you consider the, the, the sharp batters the harder ones, right? Because the other ones are kind of coming in at a coin flip on each side, kind of balancing out the action and you're taking the VIG. But then the sharp batters, you also have to, you have to entice certain people while also not limiting, but also keeping the, 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 the players balance. have a, yeah, it's a really I, hard problem. I love, and I'll say, I'll say this, uh, dancing lay. I love the sharp players and I'll tell you why I love them because when I had a retail book, uh, you know, let's call it win, you know, I ran a win for 13 years before I came to DraftKings. a sharp guy would come in and he'd say, I want to bet that prop for a diamond. Of course I'd give it to him. Uh, and now he's telling me that your line is wrong or something's yeah. wrong. And now I move the line and now I it's a consultancy a, service for you. No doubt. Yeah. And what we've done, and I, and I would accuse us at DraftKings of doing it too. Uh, you know, guys now are getting you know, $100 sometimes on a bet. And it's wrong. Now, the reason it makes it so difficult for us is because we've, we're in 18 states. We've got a lot of users. So how do you let, you know, 3,500 people all at the same time bang your prop? So you kind of have to figure yeah. out. And, hey, look, and this is a problem that, I'm still, uh, you know, trying to figure out and trying to help the the, uh, the company figure out because I think there's a fair way to do it. We just have not come up with it yet. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to profile a player because it, it's sort of this, like, how many bets does one need to know if a player's sharp, right? And so you can... So you, how do you? Like, yeah. uh, I can honestly tell you three because the first one you got lucky, second one maybe so. Third one, you know, you're, you know, okay. you're doing and how, do you, how do you measure it? Is it, is it line movement more so than win or loss? I mean, I would imagine it's, a, oh, but, but a sharp player who has maybe an edge over the sports book, his, his bet or her bet is not going to have, it's not going to move lines initially, right? Because no one else in the market sort of has that information either. So it is a really tricky problem, isn't it? It is. Uh, there's actually a couple of different kinds of sharp betters. There's the kind that's just flat out good. You know, he's, he's a good handicapper and, uh, you know, he's kind of maybe stays under the radar, like you said, maybe not a lot of line movement, but he's good. He picks winners. He knows what he's doing. And then there's the guys that just look for the best number all the time. And of course, you take a game of football anytime you're on either side of three. Yeah. You know, he's always taking a better number there on the other side of seven, on the other side of 10. That those those types. Now, those kind of guys don't worry me too much, but they do always look to get the best value. What? So this is something that's also interesting because like, the average better, right? Their goal, and this is this fascinated me when I started asking these questions. You go, why do you bet? And you're expecting them to say, I want to win. 
not even remotely close to the most popular answer. Most popular answer is I want a reason to watch the game, right? I want to get some investment in the game and I want to pay kind of as low of a price as I can, right? That's why the parlays are so exciting because 10 bucks is, I don't care, but I just want the chance to win a lot of money. And what's interesting about that is that that is, so, that's like so not what you'd expect, right? From people that are going in and, and betting and as you think about that with people coming in and, and betting on games, how does that perspective maybe change the way you guys think about making products? Like, is that, is that something you guys are thinking about? You're saying, okay, the single game parlay might be a good example of that. Like, how did that come about? Is that how you were thinking of we should create something like this? Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to make bets. First of all, we, we try to put up a lot of content, whether it's the core sports and going deep with props or cornhole i mean we yeah. we're actually doing cornhole for our second year really we have academy awards up which actually draws a lot of women that's a, to play i bet that for like five straight years it's yeah really fun so we have it up now on yeah. the site uh so we're always looking for for new content um you know it, there's people out there that want to have what we call a little bit of skin in the game yep. now let's face it if we weren't able to make a wager on a game how how many NFL games would you really watch? I'm not look. Well, I'm not data, watching like three times as many betters and DFS players watch three times as many games as just an average fan. Yeah, I, mean, I say that. I say the market share is down forty percent if there's no wagering on. Yeah. That's why the NFL. We used to tell them, guys, look, we're the watchdog in Vegas. This was before this was before uh, you know this became so global. Uh, we said we're the watchdog. We're going to let you know if there's something fishy. The line's going to move too much. We're the first ones that are going to cry wolf, you know. And second of all, it's a uh, we're promoting yeah. a product. Well, we we actually had a lot of comments on this because we were talking about Brian Flores and the whole getting paid at hundred thousand dollars to to lose or not getting paid but getting offered. And people were saying, hey, why are you talking about this as gambling is getting more prevalent in the states? And I'm like, actually, legalized gaming probably makes this less relevant, right? If you're if you're an offshore book, uh, like there's no regulation or anything. So if a bunch of like shady stuff is coming in offshore, maybe people have information about like let's say Flores took the took the uh, you know the hundred k to lose, then those numbers are going to move. But where the where they originated from it is completely you know we have no clue because it's offshore. But whereas with you guys and other legal books, you you sort of know. And that was to me, I think it's actually going to clean up the game a little bit more if it was dirty at all because. Uh, a lot of this information go, goes from out, to, out of the shadows to something that's more regulated. I agree with that. You remember the incident with the ref? I can't remember his name. Tim Donahue. <laughs> yeah. The legend. There was oh, my a, God. Yeah, there wasn't uh, one of those bets made in or Las Arizona, Vegas. Or Arizona State, too. I mean, that, well, I was in the middle that of that in, one. That yeah. one, I was absolutely right in the middle of that one. Yeah. Um, the guys that the Hedick guy that Smith. bet him, the guy, Hedick, well, not Hedick Smith, but he's the guy who, you know, who did, uh, you know, throw the games uh, or not necessarily throw them but keep the point spread at at a, at a certain yeah. level um but a couple of those guys were my customers at valleys and they were friends with the guy who uh down in arizona state okay. and so they had that information so they were betting with me they were betting at the mirage now the story goes at uh if you saw it on uh, netflix wherever it was that the last bet he made was I think it was five million. There's no way he got down yeah, five yeah, million on a college basketball game around town. Now I was pretty aggressive. You know, I'm taking ten dimes a yeah. pop on a game, and Jimmy Vaccaro over to Mirage, he's probably taking that. But there's places taking 
300, 500. Impossible to get $5 million. Well, without flashing up a bunch of signals. I mean, that's going to be. So anyway, there were three or four games in a row. They moved seven points. The wise guys had no idea what was going on. So they were buying them back. So we didn't get that hurt on the games. Uh, and then, and then Jimmy, I think Vaccaro from the Mirage called the game control board who called the pack, uh, 10 at the time informed. But that just and, shows you how efficient it is because yeah. three or four games is almost nothing, right? Like you guys basically were able to detect it relatively quickly. Whereas the Donahue stuff was more widespread and long-term. And, yes. and as you said, because yeah. it was offshore, I mean, I, I imagine if you scope that out to the entire, you know, to, to, to you basically the entire country, like these things are going to be squashed relatively. It's amazing that we made it through three years of Hugh Jackson doing it and no one found out. Um, <laughs> what? Where, so, so the average this is the second part of that first question I asked. So the average sports better, they want to bet football because they want to watch football. Huh? But the sharp betters, they're not betting on NFL football, are they? Where, where are the sharp betters coming in? What are you seeing in terms of like people that are actually doing this with the real intent of making money? Where are they going to get their bets like what sports are they keying in on uh you know there's sharp betters in every aspect of sports there's some that are very very good at golf tennis uh and and there are that are football's their game uh what they do is first of all they're good handicappers but there's the arbitrage guys too mm -hmm. now what the arbitrage guys do is try to put themselves in a position of a bookmaker so on this game if this team wins, I'm going to win 6,000. Uh, but if they lose, I'm going to lose, uh, you know, like uh, 5,200. They sure. put themselves in a, in a spot where yeah. they're going to win more than they're going to lose. Uh, so that's what the arbitrage does for them. But there's some guys out there that are just flat out good. They just are. And uh, when those guys bet, I don't care. See, people say, what moves the line? What moves the line is a, is a sharp play. Uh, a guy, I've had guys bet a million dollars on a game and not move the line, and I've had guys bet five hundred and move the full point. So. Yeah. <laughs> Enough about mattress math. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say right. It's, it depends where that money is coming from. Um, let's talk briefly about um, the Super Bowl here and this line, which open four has been four and a half. As of right now, it's four. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, this it very depends moment. upon the. Uh, the um, what have you seen um, throughout the past couple of weeks with respect to this matchup? From a sharp money perspective, geez, not much. Really? Uh, the total, a little when we first opened, 49 and a half, was driven down to 48 and a half, and we're still sitting there. But the line, four and a half, we bounced back and forth mm -hmm. a few times between four and a half and four, which is very unusual because the Super Bowl, usually the open number might be a little off and it will get to a spot and then hang there. But this one was spot on mm -hmm. as far as the, the two way action. Now, two way action. We're getting it, but we're heavy on the Bengals' side, and we are heavy on the Bengals' money line. The total's going to be bet over. There's no question about it because I, you know, everybody wants, nobody wants better than under. Right, of course, right. they want to root for over, and that will be in every parlay and same game parlays and you know anything that uh, that's yeah. tied up in a parlay. Yeah, very strange line in that like this is the most the favor favorite's been favored by in almost a decade, right? Four and a half. I mean, I think we had New England, Philadelphia was yeah. also four and a half. The great Nick Foles. A few other, uh, and then 48 and a half is the lowest the total's been since that game, right? And all the games have gone under basically since that game. So uh, it's kind of, there's interesting trends going on here, but I think you're right. I mean, you you don't think the line, the total will move much, at, you know, even though it'll get bet a ton over because of all the, the I think money it's going to jump. I think it's going to jump up at least a tick to 49. Okay. 
uh, you know, game day could go to 49 and a half. Okay. You know, and there's a lot of little shops that move pretty aggressively. They mm -hmm. want to kind of get off it a little. So you could maybe find a, a Ram money line at, in Vegas. I bet you could shop around and find a Ram money line at minus 160 okay. the day of, okay. you know, or mm -hmm. find a total at, if you wanted to bet under, you might find a total at 50 and a half or, mm -hmm. you know, wherever they got, they gotten hit. So, uh, that, you know, and you, your, to answer your question before, uh, the sharp guys are always shopping for the best number, regardless of who has it. You know, if I have it, they're going to bet with me, or for some small mom and pop shop that has it, they're, yeah. they're going to bet with them. Right. That's yeah. why. That's why the bet percentages and all that kind of stuff are a little bit misleading because it's it's not necessarily who bet who bet whom. It's at what number, right? And and, the, and that's a, a extremely important in a game like this. Yeah, sure. that's that's another interesting thing that is really powerful with betters is they like are very keen on, Oh, show me the splits, you know, tell me, tell me where the money is versus the tickets. Is that something that you ever look at and you're like, Oh, this is, you know, this is meaningful in some way, or are you having to, to Eric's point, split it out by number to get a sense of whether that the only time out. I look at it is when I'm going to talk to you guys, cause you're going to ask <laughs> yeah. what side, what, you know, where are we heavy? Smart and I'm going to tell you, yeah, we're heavy. We're, got 56% on the Bengals and we've got 44% on the, uh, on the Rams. That's, you know, that's, that's the, the only, only time, time I, look, yeah. I don't care about it. Got, yeah. Besides that, I really don't care. It's funny. Cause it's like really powerful for people. Cause they feel like they're on, you know, I don't want to be the, the idiot that's betting with the public, right? I want to feel like I'm smart. It's all about how people feel. Um, as you look forward in betting. So obviously it has changed a ton over the past year, past couple of years. Like, I can now go on my phone and I can see a sports book on my phone, but there's still a ton of inefficiencies. We're still in the infancy of what sports betting looks like. Even in Vegas, it's relatively hard to go on certain sports books and actually get a bet down. Um, what's something that you think is coming soon that maybe we're not aware of yet, but that will be a part of our kind of daily betting lives in the near future? You know, we're, we're always trying to uh, reinvent ourselves at DraftKings. We're trying to come up with new things. Now that app we have, if you guys have a DraftKings app, mm -hmm. you know it's a great app. It's it is efficient. And it's easy to navigate yep. around. Uh, you know, there's a lot of content on it. It's easy to make your bet. Um, the one thing I'm probably most proud of, of the DraftKings app is every time we go into a new state, New York recently and Louisiana, we flip the switch that day. And we're off and running, and we, we have no yeah, that, That's very different than a lot of other books where they make you sign up for in individual state and all that. Like, I, you're right. It is the most slick app as far as, like, going from state to state and, and, and all that. And we developed it. We didn't rely on anybody else. Right. That's why I think it worked. I mean, DraftKings, when you come right down to it, is really a tech company, yeah. okay? Tech Aren't company we all, with, like, at this point, right? right. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Tech company with sports, DFS, and yep. casino, but, you know, operators. But, uh uh, you know, we've had some great minds there develop that app, and I, and I love it. I think it's tremendous. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think one of the areas that I've been interested about, and it's been weird with COVID because we haven't had social gatherings, but betting is such a social thing. And how does betting become more of a part of social gatherings? You, know, you go to Vegas, you go to Circa, for example, and you can be in a pool watching the game. You see the lines, and yet even there. To place a bet, I gotta like go walk down to a kiosk and like withdraw from an ATM and get a bet down. And thinking about how that those experiences, whether I'm in a bar, whether I'm in a stadium, can become so much easier for people to bet. I think that'll open up, you know, who's betting, 
the way that they're enjoying the game. That to me is the area that I feel like can be. Uh, and, I, and I love it. And I'm glad you're thinking it that way. And I'm thinking that way too. What I want to do is I want, you know, contests are really popular. People love contests. What I want to do is have a contest, let's say in Arizona, right? I want to go down to Arizona. I want to go to a big bar down here. I'm going to tell everybody we're having a contest Saturday only. And we're going to, it's all, it's all about baseball or NBA playoffs or hockey playoffs, all that's going on. So it's a $100 buy-in or $200 buy-in. Everybody, if you want to meet at the bar, that's where we're going to be, DraftKings. But you can play from other places outside the state. And so that social gathering that you're talking about, that's what that would provide. And I'm, I'm totally on board and doing something like that. I don't want any of my competitors out there taking the idea. <laughs> uh, don't worry. I've already copyrighted it. In fact, when I was at Stadium Swim the last time, I gave them the I told them how it needed to work. But I made them sign an NDA first. So... They can't, they can't use my idea for the iPads and the, the free drinks and all that stuff that comes with your first bet. That's, uh, that's, that's yours, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to buy you so that exactly. we could do Okay. Exactly. But it'll be a fun time. That's the okay. important thing. <laughs> important thing. Um, Johnny, we really appreciate you hanging out with us. This was great. Uh, I'm going to ask you to place a bet figuratively on the game. Doesn't have to be the spread. Doesn't have to be, you know, Rams or, or Bengals. Uh, if you had to make one bet on the Super Bowl, what would it be? Well, I am going to bet the Super Bowl. Of course, not with DraftKings, but I'm going to bet. Uh, I'm going to bet in-game wagering. That's okay. that's one way I'm going to bet it. But if if you told me I had to pick, you know, one bet from the main three, you can pick in-game. You just have to explain your how you're going about thinking about it. Okay. As people that love to bet yeah, in-game, yeah, of course, yeah. this is great content. So we have no we have no Brady, we have no Patriots, no Aaron Rodgers. Uh, no Mahomes. You know, yeah, tell we them have, no, man. We have yeah. two. We have two, no Jimmy G. No, we have two quarterbacks that one's brand new in the league, won a national championship, so he's experienced in you know in big games. Uh, and then we've got Stafford, who's really not much success in the NFL. Um, they may come out in the game and try to open it up with a long pass initially, but I think this game is played close to the vest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I would expect that it's going to be slow scoring early. Uh, so I'm going to see how that pattern goes. If it is, then it probably kills any bet for me if I, you know, thinking under. But uh, but if it's not, if somebody scores quick, the total might jump back yeah. up, and that's when I might jump in. So, you know, I'm going to look at it. Who knows? I could, I could bet the over two if the whole pace of the change, if the game changes too. So Both teams run the ball way too much on early downs and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think I think when you look at the way, it's kind of interesting. I want to – just my last question is going to be, when you look at the, the full game line versus the, the first half line, right? Like you And I know it's because of the value of the three and everything, but it's interesting that Cincinnati's plus three first half and they're plus four, four and a half full game, when I think what you're maybe describing is this idea of them playing close to the vest early and then maybe by necessity opening it up at the end, that may be placed to the underdog being a better bet in the first half than it does in the full game. Yeah, you know, um, from bookmakers' terms, we probably should use should have used two and a half on this yeah. as the first half because there's going to be Bengal action. So, you know, why put it? Why give yeah, the full yeah. Why value? Because you cut two and you cut. Usually the first half is half, but right. a lot and of two bookmakers... and a half has more value in the first half than full game, obviously, because the, it can end in a tie. And in the and most and well, the Super Bowl can end in a tie, but a regular season game rarely does anyway. Yeah, and three gives you the full value yeah. if you like the underdog because 
bookmakers like to put it on a number that that falls most of the time. Yeah. But since Cincinnati's money's been coming in on the game itself, there's no reason why it's not going to come in on the first half also. Yeah. Yeah. It, it reminds me, actually, of the, the Niners-Rams game, where that ended up being our favorite bet in that game. And Eric rightly, you know, kind of called that out. It's like, hey, if you like Niners for this whole game, you should like them plus three in the first half. Yep. You know, and obviously you should have liked the money line too. Uh, and then they had the collapse coming and bet the Rams live. But that's a story for another day. I'm only a little bit bitter, bitter about I'm that. I'm a little bitter too. I had uh, I had the 49ers. Uh, I had a future ticket on the 49ers. I'm bitter, I'm bitter about the Bills. I had the Bills in that game. <laughs> uh, with the I bet in game, I took plus two bucks. Okay. I took... Uh, the money line before the game started, I think I took plus a dime, and then um, and I had the future back. So 13 seconds, come on! I know, yeah, yeah. I can't know. get home in 13 seconds. She's had seconds. two games this year oh where God. where and then they sh- and then they completely yeah. shot the bed in yeah. the next game. She's it's had like, two games this year that went into overtime and they covered only because of overtime. Yeah, that L.A. Uh, Chargers game in that that game, which I imagine a lot of people a lot of people are on the other side of the Chiefs this year because they were. They're not yeah. good at covering the spread over the last two years. So uh, they, they got lucky and covered against the Bills and the Chargers down the stretch, and that was basically it. Yeah, no, it was. And we uh, we had some friends who are obviously Bengals fans because we're from Cincinnati, and one really bold fella decided to go bet the Bengals live down, was it 17 or whatever it was in, in the playoff game? Uh, 21, 21 Yeah, 21-3. And uh, this is the, the best story that plus I have 20, in this what do you whole – like Plus 2,200? Uh, I should say yeah. 22 to one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the best story about it is he wins the bet and we're at, we're at stadium swim and he's got a chiefs fan. It wasn't actually Eric might've been related. Um, Cause everyone in Kansas city is and uh, <laughs> comes over and is giving him shit. And he goes, you know what? I think you need this more than me. Took the ticket, tossed it at her and walked away. Oh boy. <laughs> so, you know, just giving out back Ooh. to the people. Um, Johnny Villa, this was awesome. We'll have to do this again. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, this was a lot of fun, and good luck with uh, the in-game betting. We'll be doing the same. I think in-game is going to be huge this year. Although, I, you know, my prediction is that this will be record-breaking Super Bowl for us. Yeah. Uh, you know, I saw some of the projections out there. Everybody's feeling the same way. Uh, two teams that uh, knew new blood. So uh, that helps. People think that maybe wouldn't. You like Mahomes taken away from, but no players are bigger than the game. So. I, I lied. I have one more question. Okay. Do you think li- how soon will live betting, if it hasn't already, be more prevalent than pregame betting? It's catching up. It's still going to be a few years okay. because, uh, you know, pregame is still big, but it's catching up. Okay. I, I, I'll take the under on two years. Okay. <laughs> Thanks to Johnny uh, for hanging out with us. That was a lot of fun. It was great. Um, really cool dude. And I gave him a million dollar idea. So hopefully when he decides to make that happen, he comes to us. Uh, yeah, for I sure. Like we made a good impression. So we'll see how that goes. Um, that was our last podcast from Los Angeles. We'll be back in Cincy, baby. Are we, so Sunday, what are we doing? What's our, what's our game plan here? Are we, we're watching the game together. Aren't yeah, we? of course. I mean, the, the in Bengals, the office, the baby. Bengals taking it down. Do we want to do a live watch? We can't do a live watch on no, Chris show. It's, Chris show. It's uh, but the, NBC. Yeah, it's Chris's. But post game, we we I will do a very sober post Super Bowl show. Oh, are we going to do a post Super Bowl show? Okay, I think so. Well, okay. Don't you think? Let's post do it out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just it's going to be a long day for me. Uh, a lot yeah, of yeah. we got to figure out what we're going to eat. Anyways, that was our show. We love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. We will see you Sunday night.